Previously on Dice Weave. You step into a comfortably furnished apartment. You find a set of recording devices in, in this drawer. We are recording our planning session for retrieval of Beau Berteau's memories from the encephalocone. It's the Bank of Switzerland of memories. We get to plan a heist. All we need to do is go through all of that crazy security that uh, trained professionals couldn't do. So we could attempt to gain influence in one of the factions to get us in the door. I uh, do have one possible option. I just have to call their, my ex is with the unified choir. Look, it's probably a good option. It's just going to be awkward. In that case, perhaps me and Colin should consider looking for more equipment that would be valuable in this heist. Uh, gotta go find a busker, fuck. Welcome back to Dice Weave, everyone. We are finally doing the thing again after like a month again. It's fine. Last time we left off, y'all got your mission. You decided you're gonna do the heist that presumably agents Gautier, Buxton, and Kadot failed in. And do a heist. And to do so, you are going to do a couple things. Colin and Nav were off to go shopping, apparently, uh, talk and talk to Yabble Resh. And then Belle and uh, Pete were off to find a busker because buskers in this city will send messages to each other in service of the uni- uh, Unified Choir who Bell has a, a, a little bit of a relationship with. Maybe it's sexual. <laughs> oh, it's definitely sexual. A sexual relationship with an entwi- entire choir sounds exhausting to me, but you guys do you. <laughs> you know, it's not the whole choir, just mostly the altos and a couple of baritones through a soprano in there. Oh, bass and no tenor, eh? Gotta save those sections for the encore. So... Wow, who do we where, where do we want to start? Probably probably let's start with Belle and Pete. All right. I know we passed off our message to the busker and we're just kind of hanging out then. Uh, you hadn't yet. Oh. You you hadn't done oh, that I thought yet. We did. Cool. Uh find a busker then. Roll a busker. You go out into the city. The the four of you, you split off. I think Yavelresh is probably in the shadowed city somewhere. Uh, or may- maybe in the upper, like lower, but we'll we'll send a message via busker first. So Pete and Belle, you f- take your wing gliders and you fly back up to the upper Harmonious, the glistening city. And you look around and it does not take you long to follow the music of someone uh, playing a guitar out on the streets, singing, it's like, yeah. I, I, I can only imagine that the guitar is like an old-fashioned guitar where it's not strings as much as it's like the stretched guts of something, except the guitar is basically still alive because everything here is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it, it's prob- it was probably grown in a vat. Cat, cat. Delightful. Yeah, we we've got we've got vat grown guitars. It, it it's got a little 
Yeah, it's probably fine. If you can't make your own guitar, <laughs> that grown is fine. <laughs> I just shove a pickup on a shovel. I've seen it work. <laughs> yeah, have a case or a hat or anything laying around next to him. Yeah, definitely an open case. Roll up, toss in a bit or two as uh, a song ends. Or kind of peters out at least. Hey. What's up? I could go for a hymnal. I see. Well then. Your wish is my command. And he starts up a song that... It's very, it's very haunting. It's very haunting, sort of hymn-like song. But then he's also working in these whistling bits, and those whistles kind of echo throughout the streets much louder than just they—they they, they carry, is what I'm saying, and they kind of get picked up across the city. Much obliged. Turn back to Pete and just now we uh. Hang out. Find a bench or something nearby. Do you have a name? Uh... Zara Thay. Uh, some more whistles go out across the city. I guess you sit down. Find a spot nearby. So, uh... What just happened? There's a bunch of, like, secret fucking codes and shit. Like, okay. What happens on retreat supposed to stay on retreat? But, you know, I can I can kind of let you in on a few things. Uh, for one, uh, I, uh, I, I didn't really want people to know I'm from Earth. So I, I, I made up. I was like, oh, yeah, my name is not Sarah. It's Zara. Apparently, um, Zara Thay here, so that's kind of what I use. But basically, you just like talk uh, talk about songs, and then you ask for a hymn, and then they can send out a message being like, "Oh yeah, this person wants to fucking chat." It's really weird. <laughs> huh? You've uh, been here a lot, then? Oh, uh, like maybe. F- Five or six times? Not gonna lie, like, at least three of those were booty calls. Pete is, like, nodding with... His eyes are almost glimmering with a certain degree of just complete respect and admiration. But then suddenly, <laughs> uh, uh... Oh. Wait, did, you're not supposed to... Do, do I need a new name? Is that a thing? Do they, Are they, like, Earth racist planet planetist here? Did... <laughs> Oh, I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's not like you won't find them, but uh, I, I was more just prejudiced. That's the word. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was more just worried. I, I didn't know that when I first came here, so I freaked out and made up a fucking name. <laughs> uh, said that. Oh boy. It's been a while since I did that one, and not gonna lie, I was at least, like, I think I was, like, three-fourths of a way through a bottle of tequila when I did that shit. Space tequila. <laughs> Space tequila. But you shouldn't really need a, like, new name or anything here. It was more just a... I, I wanted to feel like a cool kind of super spy, and uh, d- then 
it was less of like, ooh, whoo, I'm a cool super spy here. And it was more of a, oh, cool. Uh, I, I, I had I had a, a couple partners here for a while. <laughs> Pete is locking this all studiously on his tablet. Uh, let's oh, see. New name, cool, underlines cool, twice. <laughs> Peter. Pater? Porter? Patir? Yeah, it's usually, uh, it's usually like, I I decided to call myself Zara, and there's a dash, and then they. That's how all the names are here. Like, it's always a two-parter. Like it's some fucking superhero movie. I see. So then instead of Peter, then maybe... Okay, I got it. Let's hear it. My name is Patia Graphene. Please. (laughs) That is amazing. I love that shit. I'm a natural, right? Oh, this is this Amazing. Honestly, you should you should have been a spy. Honestly, Pete, you'd be amazing at this. You should have gotten into this industry sooner, I mean. Clearly. Yeah, you're just built for it. A series of notes and whatnot flit across the city again, and the busker pipes up and says, there'll be a representative at the mezzo mezzanine. (sighs) In a little bit. Just go there and wait. Thank you kindly. All right. We should, uh, we should go. Oh, God. (sighs) You can see her bell suddenly went from like, yeah, awesome, dope name to, oh, oh boy, and is suddenly looking very sheepish and a little, little worried. Uh, everything all right? Yeah, yeah, everything is totally fine. Just, uh, depending on who, who it is, I, this could be very, very awkward. I, like I mentioned, I had a lot of partners here for a bit, and but a couple of them were the choir. Like they're they're the uh, the ones I was hoping to talk to. But also, that's we didn't exactly part on great terms. Not bad, but certainly not good. Oh. Uh. So basically, just uh, this could be awkward. Oh. Well, it's alright. I uh, I have you back for moral, emotional, or well. Okay, I guess I have this pistol, so support. I, 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 I got you. I'm, I mean, it's like I don't even really feel sick anymore. It must have just been a temporary thing, or maybe I'm just used to it. We, we got this. Yeah, we, we can hope at least. I hope you're not hurt or anything. Oh no, nah, I'm sure it's nothing. It, it'll be nice having you there. You're like an expert in being awkward. Thank you. <laughs> I think we can cut over to the other two. I feel like that's a good moment. Was I told explicitly not to buy arms on the black market last episode? I think I was. Uh, Physical arms, yes. Like like weaponry arms, absolutely buy those. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, specifically don't buy limbs. Do not buy limbs, especially if they look like a good deal. That's always a lie. Nav is disappointedly putting down an arm as we enter this scene. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You asked around and you found a place, uh, the shop of Yabble Resh. 
and you enter and there, yeah it's a let's say it's a limb shop let's go among other things it's it's like a it's a variety shop it's a general store yeah there there's there's there are many there's a variety of things here there's some alcohol on some of the shelves and there's like right next to some various organomer limbs and maybe some you know food stuff and whatnot now colin i believe you have done a few more heists than I have. Are there any pieces of equipment you would recommend highly for such an endeavor? Oh, boy. Um, for example, this elbow. Um, I'm just, we're just gonna put that down. <laughs> uh, but it has a it has a compartment you see here where when you bend the arm, and she bends the arm in half, and a knife sticks out of the elbow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, I that, I do see that. Um, I think we're looking more for maybe grappling hooks <laughs> or uh, night vision goggles, you know, things that will help us uh, get around unnoticed. All right. Are there any grappling hooks? Are they like a set of tentacles that squish around something or a like weird scarab that climbs up stuff? Oh, if we could find a surveillance beetle. <laughs> surveillance beetle. Or I guess night vision, that that kind of stuff. Uh so there is in this shop kind of towards the back is a desk where like a checkout counter where there is a kind of elderly man in probably 60s 70s uh his hair's a little bit sticky outy uh, with some there are some wires that go through it that are kind of holding up the hair in certain ways um he's got like a cybernetic eye that's like take with in like a face plate that's taken up like a bunch of his like left side of his face and uh on his hands like you can see fingers but he's also got these like almost wires kind of extending from the, the fingers a little bit. Like, I, I assume you've gone to, like, find Yabble Rush specifically, right? Yes. It's been a while. Why, hello! <laughs> Jesus, fuck! Some new customers! Who, how are you doing today? Hey, uh... Hello. We are perusing the goods in search of a man or other gendered being named... Wait, okay, I'm starting this line over. That's nothing. (laughs) There was a motorcycle that drove by outside our window. At least the mysterious ticking has stopped. Okay. Hello. Would you happen to be a Gabblerish? My name is a Yabblerish! Not Gabblerish, not whatever you said. That's nonsense. Exactly the man we're looking for. Many people are looking for Yabal Resh. You've come to the right place. Probably. Why is this serving Chef Skyrim energy? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, it is. I tried to look unassuming, but I absolutely look like I ate your dog. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we trying to find this guy again? I'm sorry, it's been a while. This uh, guy was the contact that the previous team had he he was the info broker yeah that helped them get info for their break-in right 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 okay what were their names again (laughs) 
Uh, Zoe Buxton, Winona Kadot, Victoire Gautier. Okay. Hello. I believe that you assisted some of our colleagues uh, earlier. Do you or have you had any recent contact with Zoe, Victoire, or the third one? Hmm. <laughs> Winona. Winona. <laughs> you can cut that in if you want. <laughs> I have not heard these names. I'm not familiar. Perhaps my memory is failing me, but I, I do not make a habit of remembering or not remembering clients' names or not clients. Perhaps we have the wrong Yablarash. Is there another person by that name in this community? I do not think so. <laughs> Maybe one who likes uh, money? Hmm, <laughs> why do I like a money? <laughs> I think this is racist to Italians. <laughs> uh, so uh, the original inspiration for this voice was Mario, which is not intended to be a real Italian accent. Uh, well, Charles Martinet is retiring, so I guess if you really want to get in on that loop. My Italian <laughs> grandfather, Andrew Hercules Genoneta, is rolling in his fucking grave. <laughs> I can, in fact, do a pretty decent Italian accent. This is not it, and it's not trying to be. <laughs> it's not on either count. Oh, God. This is hell. This is what torture is. This is my fifth ring. Uh. <laughs> my hubris. I don't know how valuable individual units of currency are in this recursion, but I'm going to give like whatever an appropriate small bribe would be. <laughs> yeah, what would an appropriate small bribe be, Lexi? Uh, I don't know, but y'all don't have much money. No, we are pretty broke. What have you got? I, I have 43 money. <laughs> <laughs> I have 53 money in this universe? Unless I add my monies. Then I've got like a hundred monies. It it is per recursion. Okay, so it's fifty three monies. I could drug him. I have drugs. <laughs> I'm trying to bribe this guy. Okay, uh, you slip some money across the table. Are you trying to bribe me with a money? <laughs> Not with that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, our friends came to you for some information, and we haven't seen or heard of them since. We are simply trying to understand better what may have occurred and also potentially buy some things. What is it that you can do to prove that I cannot trust you? How do I not know you are working with the uh, the Myriant or some uh, others across the markets? Well, you could say we're in the uh, estate business. Yes, I know many realtors. <laughs> Strange, that one usually works better. Yeah, I know most people pick up on that. Oh my god. What would you accept as proof? This is sort of proving a negative, which is rather difficult in on itself. Hmm. Do you have a... Any kind of proof of your relationship with your so-called friends or colleagues? 
Do we have some of the recordings? If you want to. I'll, I'll send over a copy of the recording where they're talking about meeting Yabalresh. They sent us these before their, well, whatever happened. Okay, um, go ahead, make a persuasion check. And I will give you, I'll give y'all two assets. So this will be level three. But I think there's like a, don't y'all have like some inabilities with being personable? (laughs) I don't know if I've got any specific inabilities. Isn't it from being strange, your descriptor? Oh, yeah, I might have that. Gosh, it's been a while. I might have to go over all of the, like, mechanical details again at some point. Mm-hmm. But for now, I rolled a 20. Okay. Yo. That's, well, yeah, that'll do it. You send the recordings over, you say this thing, and he takes another look at you and says, perhaps so we could do business. I, I I did see your friends. This is a juicy bit of information. Thank you for this uh, recording. So yes, I did see your friends. And they had some interesting plans. But I have not seen them since then. They are missing. Missing may or may not be the right word. We're attempting to figure that out at this point. Would you care to divulge a little bit more what uh, your understanding of their plan was and how you uh, may or may not have aided them in such an endeavor? Hmm. You see, the way information brokerage works is we do a bit of a tit-for-tat. So any information you desire... I do not have any tattoos at this point. Should I have gotten that while I did the piercing? It's an expression. Don't worry about it. Oh. I, I see you are not familiar with the phrase. See, tete for tat is, uh, it is where we go back and forth, information for information. It is how I do business. Quid pro quo, if you will. Yes, that is another phrase for it. And I can even, I suspect, just looking at you, that you do not have a much in the ways of finances. At least on you, though perhaps you could make some promises on the behalf of your benefactors or employers, as you say. You are in the realty business. But uh, I can also perhaps exchange information for goods as well. Whatever it is you desire to do. What kind of goods are we talking about? There's quite a variety in my shop here, but uh, I also keep a few specialty items in the back. We could use my haptic hallucination drugs, give them to him, and then rob him. But that doesn't seem like a nice thing to do, and I don't think that's quite that chaotic yet. Perhaps you would like to come with me into the back room. We can sit down, have a nice talk. Nev, Nev follows blindly. Oh, God, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't worry. Everything will be safe as long as Scab is here. And he gestures to a hulking man <laughs> who has kind of been standing in the shadows. <laughs> and he crossed a picket line, apparently. 
No, the God fucking damn it. Not that kind of Hulk. <laughs> oh my God. You said scab, didn't you? <laughs> oh, I did. That is, that is his name. Yeah. That is one interpretation of that word. <laughs> it's the one that's on my mind right now. <laughs> well, yeah, because SAG-AFTRA is having a time. So they're shutting down Hollywood, which is probably good, but like... Everybody's having a time right now. Anyways, let's not focus on the real world. Let's watch Nav get stabbed. <laughs> fuck. This might be a decent time to switch back over. That's what I was thinking. To the mezzanine, then. That's where we were going. Yeah. You probably jack into one of the like little kiosks around the city that uh, to, so that you can access the all song. So that you can find a map. Do which of you does it, or do you both? I'm very much following Bell's lead. I was gonna say Bell like f- walks up to it and is like, "Okay, I-, I I know what to look for, but also Pete, you absolutely have to try this. This is the coolest shit." Wait, I I can. It, it won't like blow me up or charge me a million dollars or something. Oh, it just... nah, nah. Uh, the all song. It's like get. It's hard to explain. It's this kind of like he's already universal in. element here. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh no! The minute he knows he's not gonna die, perfect. Go Matrix time. I feel like our team is getting more suicidally stupid with every episode. I mean, at least uh, I'll give I'll give Pete this defense. He had someone tell him it wasn't dangerous first. You got me all clear. There was no hesitation. Nav got invited to the fucking creepy man's back room and was like, seems legit. <laughs> I just followed. <laughs> the only reason Nav isn't dead is because the first like few years of them like working for the estate, they barely left the building. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. were sheltered for their own fucking safety. <laughs> Nobody could convince them outside was safe anyways. <laughs> and for reasons beyond sex head. <laughs> All right, you jack into the all song. And at first, you are basically inundated by a deluge of images, sounds, smells, feelings, just every, everything. Like, imagine the internet, but it's five senses. Oh, fuck. So, Ugh. like, the, like uh, that one Futurama episode. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. But it, yeah, it's not like you have a physical avatar so much in the all song as it is an all-encompassing memories and databases and whatnot that you can just kind of touch and manipulate and whatnot. But also, it sort of welcomes you. There's some. There's a welcoming sensation. It is alive? Question mark. And after a few minutes, or after a few moments, it like the you're able to sort of parse out, differentiate things, and and get us a, a better sense of like what it is that just just kind of being here. It, it's swimming in data. <laughs> I I just thought of a thing that Pete would never say, and it needs to it needs to it will stay in my forever what you're cutting out what oh, sorry i i came up with a very cursed joke that i could not even finish but pete would pete the innocent sunshine boy would never fucking say it 
I don't think Pete even knows what Vore is, not let alone like what it would mean to be <laughs> essentially bored by a supercomputer, but um that's also an episode of Futurama. Probably. Uh, <laughs> what Pete actually says is, What the fuck? I don't... I don't feel like I exist, but like it's cool. Is this what it's like to be an internet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but... Whoa, where are you? Uh, right here. Just kind of gently bump an elbow against him. Do Can we interact? I thought we didn't have physical form. Yeah. Or... Our... It's more like your mind's touch. Kinky. On a, a very surface level. Whoa. And also you can speak to each other with your, like, actual body voices that are, like, in physical meat space. That was weird. Physical meat space, we're all... Another the... thing, we... We jack in with the umbilical, which I can't remember. Does that is that like a thing that like pops out of our hand or like the can we do we like classic Matrix style back of the neck plug in? I think it's connected to the neck. Oh god, Ooh. of course it is. I mean, if it was accurate at all, it would be attached to your belly button because that's what an umbilical cord is. Uh, think I I think the way it looks a little bit is like a a more techie version of the. The Pandora creatures from the Avatar movies. Yeah, the weird tail thingies that they use to connect. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's... Or like the hair. Yeah. And I, yeah. The evolution of that society, of those, that planet is absolutely bonkers when you think about it for more than a few seconds and also realize the Navi are the only fucking things with four limbs on the entire planet. It's pretty wild. Yeah. It's really Sorry. cool, though, it. admittedly. Yeah. Like... I don't know. Oh, I like Avatar. I'm just saying it's weird that the Navi don't have vestigial sixth limbs. Honestly, imagine them yeah. having a spare set of arms. Even better cuddlers. They should. They should have, a, or at the very least, a set that's like kind of curled up under their rib cages. Ooh, that would be Maybe cool. I'm just a homestuck who saw too much grub art. <laughs> no, I think that'd be dope. Uh, but uh, I thought it would, I, I feel like it's important to know that uh, being a cyborg in this world... I think that Belle has just, like, a little nubbin, like a little fucking, like, the cap on your gas tank that she just taps. And, like, a little cable that just kind of, uh, like, falls out the back of her neck and connects automatically. Grody. <laughs> Name of the planet. Love that mental image. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, I think Belle is able to pretty easily guide... Bell has experience with this, uh, is able to pretty easily pull up a map and find out where the mezzo mezzanine is. Those fucking mezzos unable to be either sopranos or altos. <laughs> Who do they think they are? I say, having just compiled a large list of audition songs in my mezzo-soprano range. <laughs> <laughs> and finishing up, it is horrifying to think, but I think she unplugs and then, like, like one of those cable reels where if you give it a tug it just retracts back in it just the entire cable just snaps back and the little cap on her neck closes again all right nowhere to go you ready Pete? Pete is still jacked in he is getting very distracted <laughs> there's Pete what is Pete distracted by it, it would that be I assume that he tried to like access some form of inter information to try and like 
gets to uh, Bell's level of understanding about Rook and now is currently being like uh, being sucked in by like the futuristic Rook equivalent of one of those terrible phishing emails like (laughs) (laughs) see I was thinking I was thinking the like equivalent of when somebody googles something with a double meaning of like oh here Mario's evil twin images and you accidentally get a bunch of like weird porn ass crayon drawings of Mario and Luigi fucking (laughs) from Wattpad and you were just looking you just forgot what Luigi's name was (laughs) Pete misspells Val Navesh and accidentally goes to a very racy website and just takes it at face value (laughs) (laughs) absolutely gorgeous he ends up somehow on the Rook equivalent of Infowars, and there's just some very loud, uh, angry man yelling about how... It's it's very much, like, sponsored by uh, the Karoom. <laughs> wow, Belle, I, I know you said these guys were serious business, but they really know how to party. Does, does that oh, man have three dicks? Uh, okay, okay, uh... <laughs> hand on the shoulder and just kind of like gently tug him like just kind of like a small shake of like hey grounding back to the body like i will say it's not fair that we have science fiction where there are ladies with three titties and not science fiction where there are men with three dicks honestly porn equality let's go i mean there's poor there is sci-fi where there's men have two dicks Hmm. which is one additional over the normal that's true Wait, which science fiction has two dicks? <laughs> Anything involving lizard people? Yeah. The uh, lizards have? Like, huh. Yes. Didn't know that. Anyway. Well, snakes do. Some, some lizards, like, I think, do. Do you think Howard the Duck has a corkscrew penis? <laughs> shaking. Well, there's fan fiction of that. Shaking Pete's shoulder. Sorry. Just like, hey, just might want to back up. But, oh, what? But I uh, Does backing up unplug you? No, I meant, like, back up out of the crazy shit. I, I promise there'll be more time to look later. And trust me, I know there's a lot to look at. I was trying to look into the, all the guys. I'll be honest, I've just been kind of hearing a lot of names from you guys. And uh, I have additional questions. I, but, you know, it's 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 fine. We, we don't have to... Uh, how do I get this thing off... Is there a quit button somewhere? You just, as basically thinking that of, like, how do I get out of it, it just kind of unplugs. Oh, like that, apparently. Uh, sweet. Did you, uh, find what we were looking for? Because I don't think I did. (laughs) No worries, I found it. Sweet. All right, where to? Right this way, and starts walking. All right, y'all head out. It seems like a good time to switch again. God, this is chaos. I didn't expect the the internet to be quite as, uh, I guess it's a little bit of everything all of the time, so I, I should have expected. Can I interest you in everything all of the time? If you introduce Pete to any weird space technology, he is going to spend at least 10 minutes geeking out about it. Hell yeah. Hey there. It's mid-roll time, and before you skip ahead, I want to emphasize that the end of this episode has some vomit-based body horror. A lot of fluids. Prepare yourself. 
I also want to announce that today's episode release coincides with the launch of another podcast that I'm involved in. Twigs and Hearts is a queer, surreal horror audio drama set at a summer camp that questions reality, relationships, and radios. Follow Iris and Zenith as they search for their missing friend inside a warped, cryptid-filled forest sitcom that seems to be out to get them. I composed a few songs for the show, as well as did some basic editing for a few scenes, and I'm really excited to see how everything came together and hear it for myself. Episode 1 of Twigs and Hearts airs October 1st at 3pm Central Time, or 8pm GMT. All their episodes and announcements can be found over at twigsandhearts.tumblr.com. Go check them out! Also, tell your friends about Diceweave. Now, back to the show. Okay, but I think we should cut back to Nate and Kenzie. So, y'all begin to head back into a back room. And he leads you to an, into another smaller room off of this room. Is Scab following us? Yes. <sighs> okay. What, I don't know, holding a gun to somebody's head can work for information gathering. Hmm? But we are being followed by a large man named Scab, so I will not do that. Ah. But yeah, he leads you into a room basically with a desk and some chairs. He sits down on his side of the desk and uh, motions for y'all to sit. What can I do for you? Well, you know what we're interested in here. Is there anything that we can do for you, either while we're there or ahead of time to get you to cooperate with us. While you are where? We want to make a withdrawal from the encephalocomb. Get some of that mind, honey. I see. Uh, you are trying to break into a place that does not... Oh, God, this is going Russian. Uh, you are trying to break into a place that uh, does not exist. I perhaps know uh, something about that. Uh, since your friends have not uh, been able to make good on one of their deals, I will extend it to you because I would like it to be furthered. So, uh, whatever it is you uh, retrieve, I would like uh, a copy. Hmm. And how do we know that whatever we bring back won't fall into, let's just say, the wrong hands? Who? Uh, whose hands are the wrong hands? That is an excellent question. That's exactly what we need to figure out. Well, perhaps you should get uh, your priorities straight before you uh, make such a decision. But because it is a promise, if you were to go with such a deal of bringing me something from something from the encephalocomb, uh, it has less a buying power. But whatever is in the encephalocomb has a lot of a buying a power as it is. So even at half a price, you could get something quite worthwhile. Well, seeing as our colleagues has already agreed to this portion of the plan, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't follow up on it. 
Excellent. Is there something in particular you are looking for? Well, mainly information. We don't know exactly what our uh, colleagues knew before they went in. Admittedly, they did a bit of shopping around, shall we say. You still stuck out in their logs, so I would assume that the information you gave them was more interesting than most. Also, a portion of the message that was left for us was unfortunately destroyed by one of those little lizard rats. So there may be some gaps in our information. You're living in a place with folk Lacert? Ah, oh, that is a too bad. I could perhaps uh, order an exterminator for you. I wouldn't worry about that now. We have a high likelihood of exterminating ourselves before the end of this anyways. Fair, that is fair. <sighs> okay, so out of character, out of game, one thing I have going on is I didn't specifically come up with what they did, what their plan was, because I didn't want to influence y'all's plan. My goal is to kind of allow you guys to build your own plan. And also, I don't want to like come up with their plan because I'm lazy. <laughs> That's fair. I just feel like I don't have enough information at this point to know what to ask for. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. So one thing that I am willing to offer you then, perhaps, is a free flashback. Ah. We could take that and use it later. Mm-hmm. You have some amount of conversation now that we don't know about. And then there's probably some other things that you can try and get. Equipment. One thing that you do know is that the Veritex, it, it's, a, it's a subterranean series of tunnels full of a variety of things, including monsters and the encephalocomb, at least according to the logs that you had. Having some kind of transport is probably a good idea. Maybe you could have something to... We all got those flying things when we first got here. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good gliders are in a series of tunnels. But maybe they could be made better maybe. for a series of tunnels with modifications. But yeah, so... How about we go with the... We have a conversation with him and peruse his wares, and then later either when we are explicitly planning the heist or mid-heist and we use a flashback then to establish the details of what happened. Okay. Groovy. Sounds good to me. And and I, th yeah, and you could potentially do some more payments in that scene. Yeah, I like that idea. Okay. We see the rest of this scene at some point in the future when we actually know what is necessary, because that is how heists work. So we cut over to Pete and Bell. Hi. So, uh, where are we? You are on your way to the, mez the mezzo mezzanine. It's a nice bar in a slightly out of, in a somewhat out of the way neighborhood. You're like maybe a block, half a block from it. You can see it at this point. Huh. It looks nice. I Somehow I wasn't visualizing nice. I mean, things can be a bit creepy or spooky here, but 
I mean, it's still a place. Still a home to a lot of folks. Still where they live their normal lives. That's fair. I was almost, I mean, I thought we were meeting your secret underground contact. I was envisioning one of those, like, bars where we, where it's all, everything's dusty, and we kick down the door, and the music stops, and a bunch of guys with two heads look at us and glower, and, uh, oh, is that a revolving door? They, they, they have those in the future? Oh, my <laughs> God. Buddy. <laughs> well, before you quite make it to this door, suddenly there is a loud metallic clang right next to you as a like a chunk of metal lands on the ground you look up and it looks like there's an open window about four stories up it's a building kind of near basically adjacent to the mezzo mezzanine and look if when you look back down at the chunk of metal uh it's kind of a like a three by three inch cube with like little wings that wing wing fastening bits where with like four like screw holes Pete'll pick it up is it heavy decently it's it's got some heft uh, uh there are some prongs kind of sticking out or almost not quite sticking out but they're one the bottom of it has these like prongs that are almost like computer connector type of type of bits um and it it isn't it doesn't look like organomer this looks like steel um people take it a couple glances and then peek upwards and show excuse me uh you you dropped your thing you should be careful pete that thing just threw out a fell out a fucking window you have no idea what that shit is don't just pick things up off the street it it seemed okay i mean it just looks like regular old metal. I mean, it, does, it doesn't isn't even warm to the touch like all the other metal here. That's kind of what's concerning about it. Yeah, and you haven't really seen screws or fasteners of this kind in on Rook. This place is mostly very it's kind of seamless and organic. Yeah. Think about it, Pete. When everything is made out of pulsing living metal, and there's one thing that isn't, that one thing is fucking weird. And you should be careful, right? Pete takes a moment to consider this. Right? He nods sagely <laughs> and gently places the thingy back down. Okay, but what is it, though? I don't fucking know. Even Not even a guess. Do you think it's important? I mean, we could give it back to the guy... He doesn't look like he's coming for it. I mean, you're welcome to go ahead if you're really that invested. Uh, I don't know. This is probably going to be a pretty awkward interaction regardless, so. Well, either way, it's, I mean, if it's the only thing here, then it's like a priceless cultural artifact, right? We could probably sell this for, like, a lot of money or put it in a museum somewhere. Yeah, we're taking this. Uh, Oh, dear God. (laughs) Pete picks it back up again. Uh, If it it explodes, you can say I I told you so. I'll probably be okay. Uh, Oh, God. Oh, fuck. 
I, I guess you put it into your bag. Pete sure does. You put it into your bag right next to the screwdriver and screw set <gasps> that the custodian gave you. Oh, hang on. Didn't you say this thing had screws? It has like four screw hole fasteners, looks like. Huh. So, crazy thought. Actually, if someone threw it out the window, that means they don't want it back, right? Yeah. I mean, I called out to them, like, to check if they dropped it by accident, but there was no response. So then it's cool if I mess with it, right? At least won't get in, like, legal trouble. I don't want to end up paying thousands of dollars, millions of dollars in indentured servitude or whatever they do here. I get the feeling that happens a lot. Okay, well, that's... Okay. Uh, for one, they're bits, not dollars. Uh, for two... Generally, slavery's still frowned on here. And three, I have concerns, but there's hardly any fucking law around here. Nah, you won't get in trouble. Oh. Finders keepers is generally the rule unless somebody protests, and, well, no protests have been made. All right, then. Um, you should, just in case, maybe step back, like, a few feet, and, uh, I gotta try something. And Pete is going to take out the uh, box as well as the screwdriver, and he's going to unscrew the screws. What? What do you mean? What? I mean, so it's basically four empty holes where screws oh. would go. Oh. Like it would fasten to something. Okay. Uh, damn. I misunderstood, and that makes a lot of this irrelevant. I mean, I assume there's screws in the screwdriver set. Yeah. They're, they're the screws in the screwdriver set. There are four empty holes. Oh my god. Did the fucking custodian pack exactly four screws? Yes. God fucking damn it, that cryptic bitch. Alright, to redo that sent- segment though, he'll still- Yes, Pete takes out his uh, his screw kit and uh, I, I can't remember what was- Hang on. Oh, I have questions. Uh... So, uh, Belle. Yeah? You wouldn't know the the custodian guy? I, I got the feeling you were kind of new here yourself, right? Yeah, I didn't start much longer before you did. I was mostly in training, and I never met that guy. So you, you got no, like, uh, no PSAs about a janitor that could see the future in all dimensions or some sort of crazy sixth sense ability? Not even close. What the fuck? <laughs> That's what you've been... The guy you've been, like, sneaking off to go talk to is some fucking, like, omnipotent janitor? I don't know. I mean, he was my old boss, I figured. Um, didn't think there was much of it, but... And he's saying this as he's screwing the screws in. I, uh... I mean, maybe he's just... Maybe he just knows what he's doing, but... It seems weird that he gave me exactly four screws that seem to perfectly fit into this thing. Uh, Wait, are those? They do fit perfectly, but they're just kind of sticking out the back because it looks like they would fasten it, this box to something. Huh. Uh, nothing Nothing particularly interesting happens. There are now screws in holes, I guess. And then uh, some... It's like a, a wrench falls off of... Falls out the window. What the fuck? 
What was the janitor's name again? Do I know? The custodian? Uh, Michael O'Connor. Is that you up there, Mike? Is this... Is this a thing? I... Wait, is he up there? Is that fucking him? I don't know. Uh, there's... It's four stories up. You don't particularly hear anything? Is everything okay? There's also no response. There's, like, a a door to this building in front of you. (laughs) Okay. I mean, or nearby. I... I fucking hate the idea of splitting up, but you clearly want to go check this out, don't you? This is so weird, though. Why? Why does the? Do I have screws? This this thing it it didn't translate, and now something falls out of a window that that fits into it. Like you don't know about this guy at all. I have no fucking clue who you're talking about. I don't know if I've ever even seen the man. You probably have, like, in passing. But I have no idea who he is, so I don't fucking know. No. Okay, you know what? I, um... I'm keeping this. Uh, yep. Sorry if you needed these, I'm... But find his keepers. I... And he's gonna stuff the wrench in his backpack, in his thing, and he'll put the screws back in the case, and also, yeah... If I assume he has some sort of bag or something, he's going to stuff all of those things in there. I think you can kind of see a hand almost like flop out the window slightly. And it looks like it's um, palm up. Uh. Are you okay? Wiggle your hand if you can hear us. There is no response. That's not a good thing, right? We... No, fuck. Oh, god damn it. It could be just an arm someone's fucking with. It could be not attached to someone, but fuck. Okay. Uh, Were we supposed to meet at a specific time, or could we... Uh, Lexi, I assume that this is a time-sensitive thing. Yeah, I intended to have, like, a meeting time, and I I just didn't say what the time was because I... Time on Rook is probably different, but... Probably, and also I'm bad at time. Uh, so yeah, there, it's pretty close to the meeting time. All right, all right. I I have to. Oh fuck. All right. <sighs> go, go ahead. Go fucking chase whatever this is. But if you see anything that you think is about to fucking kill you, attack you, whatever, you fucking call me, okay? All right. I'm like a block away. I can sprint over here. This sounds like a bad idea. I mean, you can't be in two places at once. Uh, and the moment he said <gasps> two places at once, you kind of almost saw his skin bulge and contort. And it's like, oh god, I I think it's coming. I, I need it. Pete? Oh god, I think I'm okay. And the moment he says okay, he keels over and vomits and like his jaw almost unhinges like a snake and there is just so much weird skin colored goop coming out and it even his uh, his his hands tear open like his big baggy clothes even like seem to almost burst as his as multiple cavities in his chest and arms just peel open and as this 
viscous goo just comes out of him and orifices. You can almost see that, like, weird bloat he has slowly start to shrink. This continues for several seconds, and as this massive mass kind of, while spread out all over, kind of contracts into itself and almost starts to form a ball, then a pillar. It's a pulsing liquid, but you can almost kind of see it harden as it comes up, and at first you can see legs, then a body, almost as if something is being, like, 3D printed. This process repeats until you see a, a figure that is actually somehow seems to be fully clothed, like clothes were made to him, that looks identical to a now much skinnier and much more healthier colored version of Pete. You hear a little a little voice com seemingly coming, emanating from the original Pete, says, Thank you for using 2U. Duplication successful. We hope you have a wonderful day. Belle, throughout this has less looked horrified and more just worried and slowly reaches out and pats original Pete, then pauses and then hesitantly shoulder pats other Pete too. He feels normal. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Wow. So I was inside that guy. Felt like I was... or... outside? Kinda felt like I was, uh, a water balloon. Like, the, the outer lining sort of thing. I, wait, were you there the whole time? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, uh, don't remember much, but, uh, my name is Pete. No, 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 that's my name. Uh, wait, no, we, we have we have places to go. Uh, yes, yeah, 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 I know, I know. We, uh, you, you need to go to the, uh, you need to go ch to see how Mike's doing. Hey, you know Mike? Yeah, of course I know Mike, he's cool. But, <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, yeah, meeting, and you go to the meeting. Got it, sounds good. All right, go team. You know, when people say... There's two of them now. They don't usually mean it literally. <laughs> March 4th, 2009. Medical report on Isabel Piper. During the weeks she has been in my observations, she has appeared to be in a deep coma, with no responses to treatment. Her body has required no sustenance, nor other basic care, defying standard earthling biology. For all appearances, patient is nothing but a barely living shell. However, for 4 minutes and 13 seconds, coinciding with the open nexus experiment, the patient spoke. Attached to this report is a record of her barely lucid ramblings. When the nexus was suppressed again, she returned to her coma. This reinforces my hypothesis that, somehow, her mind remains on a different recursion, somehow separated from this body. Is it possible for translation to occur without sending a body into abeyance? Further study is required. For occasional announcements regarding this production, you can follow us on Twitter at DiceWeavePod or at diceweave.tumblr.com. Colin Thulis is played by Nathan Eastrom, who can be found on Twitter at BertNerdTram. 
Nav is played by Mackenzie Eastrom, who can be found on Twitter at Kenzie Phoenix. Peter Bardwell is played by Will Leet. Sarah Bell Wilson is played by Valkyrie Bradford. I'm Lexi Conwell, your host, game master, and editor. I can be found on Twitter at Conwell underscore Alex or on Facebook at Lexi Conwell Creative. The original music used in this production was composed by Lexi Conwell. Some of this music can be found on SoundCloud at Lexi Conwell Creative with additional music from Fractal Skies on Spotify. The logo for Diceweave was created by Allison Healy, who can be found on Facebook at Allison M. Healy Illustrator. The role-playing system and setting used for this production is Monty Cook Games' The Strange, an official setting of the Cypher system with additional world-building by the cast of Diceweave.